Hey guys, this is Joy. This is Claire. We got we got to get going. <laughs> okay, we, I just logged on and I was like, okay, I just woke up seven thirty in the morning. I'm I love I'm I'm a late sleeper, and I was like, I just woke up from a dream. I don't really know what the context was exactly. With for some reason, I was we were all in this like adult summer camp, and I was like sleeping in this bunk room with like thirty other people. And one of the people was Beyonce. And as soon as I said that, Joy freaked out. I was like, we got to start right now. So no. what's going on? Well, I had a dream last night about Beyonce. So like that is freaking me out so much right now because I had a dream that I was at her concert. Somebody got like backstage passes to her concert and we all went there as a group. And I can't remember who I was with, but I just remember being like, but where's Claire? Like, I couldn't find you. And I was like, Claire's going to be so mad that she's not here. And we were like on this rooftop. And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, you're going to go get Beyonce and you're going to go hang out with her before the show. And so I got on like one of those, um, what are those called? That segways that like Joe would always ride on. So I was on a Segway. You don't know who we're talking about, Joe Bluth. Yeah, Joe Bluth. <laughs> You know, Job. Everybody you knows. Job. So, and Job. Yeah. <laughs> I was on a Segway with Beyonce. Like, she got on the Segway with me, and I was taking her to her, like, backstage area. She was, like, all, like, covered up in this hat and, like, undercover. And were, were you trying the Segway Big Spoon or the Segway Little Spoon? I think I was the Big Spoon. <laughs> so, I was, like, Big Spooning Beyonce to her backstage area. And when we got to her backstage area, this is so vivid. This is like the weirdest thing ever. We got to her backstage area and it took forever. It was like hallways and hallways and like these underground tunnels. And I was like, wow, this is like so far into the deep depths of the stadium. And then we get to this room where there's photos on the wall everywhere of her family. And then like her crew was there, like all of her entourage was there and all of her outfits were there. And so that's where they like kind of like staged her getting ready, her dressing room. I was just like hanging out on the side, like watching this all go down. And then we got to like cheer on Beyonce's concert. It was the weirdest thing. So you and I both had had vivid dreams, dreams, which that always freaks me out. Like that really freaks me. I mean, we, that's happened before. We're like, I woke up and I was like, Claire, I had a dream that you were like bit by mosquitoes. And you're like, oh my God, I was bit by mosquitoes all night. Like that was like when you were on some trip. Yeah, when I was in Mexico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so weird. Anyway, that's a great way to start this podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone in the chat. Uh, we've got Becky. We've got Jill. We've got Kelly. We've got Alicia. We've got Aaron, Danielle, Abby, Kim, Molly, and Rachel so far. And more are just coming on <laughs> I really am glad that we started this chat. It uh, makes the podcasting experience so much more interesting after 10 years of doing this. So yeah, we've got a lot to catch up on. Danielle, I'm glad you're here because I want to talk about, uh, we'll talk about that later, but I want to talk about your donation for Canine Companions. Yeah, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Turnin? Because I'm, I've been like avoiding this all morning. I'm like, oh, crap. Are you ready to start that way? Do sure. Yeah, like I might as well like rip the, the bandaid. Way. Yeah, no, I kind of... Like, I'm like, I'd rather rip the Band-Aid. But yeah, this morning I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. Because, okay, as of this recording, we just turned Joe in on Friday. So we flew home yesterday, which was Saturday. And uh, I went to bed at 7 p.m. last night, if that tells you anything about how tired I was. Yeah, so Scott had tickets to the National last night. And he's like, let's just play it by ear and see if we feel like going. Because the National is one of his favorite bands. For people who don't know... 
Aaron Desner is one of the collaborators with Taylor Swift's albums, Folklore and Evermore, and he plays in The National, and The National, Matt, lead singer, sang on a lot of her songs in uh, Folklore and Evermore, and she sang, she sings in one of their songs on their new album. Anyway, there's a lot of like Taylor Swift crossover, so Scott's like, what if Taylor Swift shows up to this concert? And I was like, well, that would be amazing. Anyway... We didn't go. We were both so tired. I was actually surprised Scott didn't want to go because that's like, again, one of his favorite bands. And we kind of looked online to see when their set list started. He's like, I think the show will end by like nine or nine 30. So we could like essentially rally and still be home in like a decent hour. But we were both like, oh my gosh, we were so tired. So we didn't end up going. All that to say, I'm just stalling. So yeah, so Friday, we flew out Thursday and uh, this all takes place in Oceanside. So we go to, we fly into San Diego cool thing about this turn in was there were so it just happened to be this way that were there were so many Colorado people turning in at the same time so there's four turn ins a year so it's like fall spring summer uh August and then November yeah so like February May and then August and November so we are just lucky to have this group of people going with us and meeting up there and we were kind of all staying in the same area so it was really cool because there's just something about like being with a group of people going through a really hard thing that makes it a little less painful. But we got there and met up with a bunch of people for drinks. And like, it's just, first of all, it's just really exhausting traveling with a dog, with a service dog or a dog in training. I mean, I'm sure it's like not dissimilar to like traveling with a child where you're just kind of like constantly having to pack and travel things and be aware of like where this being is. So I'm always like distracted and tired, like when we get done with traveling, and I'm always like worried about other dogs and like, you know, people traveling with fake service animals. So I'm constantly like on high alert, my nervous system is like at a 20. But he did great. Like that's, that was def- definitely not an issue. It's just more of like, okay, you, like your worst fear is that they're going to like go to the bathroom on the plane, which they never do, but you always like worry about that. So yeah, we got there and had a really good event Thursday night. And then Friday, they did it a little bit different this year. Like when we turned in cadet, we were just kind of off the cusp of COVID. So they weren't doing large group gatherings, which typically, as if anyone watched the video, they typically do this big event where they honor the puppy raisers turning in their dogs, and then they also have graduation from the class that's graduating with their new teams. They didn't do that with Cadet because, again, they were still kind of like avoiding big groups. So we just set a time to show up, met the trainer, dropped her off. So I feel like that, I don't know, I had like mixed feelings about doing it that way versus doing it this way. I mean, I get that they want to really honor the puppy raisers. And I think it's amazing. But we were also just like, oh my gosh, this is, we started at like 10am. And then graduation didn't start till noon. So that's two hours of just like hanging out with your dog on a leash, trying to like manage it with all these other dogs around. Yeah, we were we were really tired. I don't know. It was like if people were I'll answer some of the questions because people really kind of wanted to know some things about like turning in and puppy raising and like, how did it feel differently? And I think First of all, we weren't, we haven't been as emotional. Like with Cadet, I felt like I was crying almost every day leading up to the the turn in. And with Joe, I had like a totally different feeling. Like I had this like ease and calm of like knowing what the full circle looks like. I think puppy raisers always think like, oh, when you drop them off, like with Cadet, we were like, but who's going to get her her favorite stuffed animal? Like those little silly things that you get to know so well about your dog, you're kind of like, but wait, what if nobody like understands how much he loves fetch the way I know he loves fetch. So we kind of like 
know that that's just, they love these dogs so much. So like that fear is taken away. But it was funny because like the, let's see, I think it was the morning before we left. I was just like, oh, it's starting to hit me. And like all the last were starting to hit me. And then I think the hardest part is leaving the house because you're like, literally like, never know if you're going to be back again. Oh, and the night before, I was such a hot mess. I was so mad at myself. I was so mad at myself because I just like have this like crazy nervous energy the whole week because this is like a big deal and we're all nervous and we're all stressed and we're all like mixed emotions. So like the night before, we're supposed to take JT over to a friend's house to watch him. So I'm like trying to get everything ready and Joe knows something is up because he's just like, I mean, dogs are intuitive that way. JT knows something. They're all like, where are we going? What's going on? Why are you acting weird? Why are we not doing our normal evening routine where you just lay on the couch for three hours? So I I got this like bright idea for whatever reason. I was like, I'm just going to give JT a quick nail trim before we take him over to Andy's house. And I literally was just like butterfingers and I just happened to clip the quick on one of JT's nails. And it I don't know if you've ever clipped a quick, but it bleeds like a head wound. It just like gushes blood. And we and I didn't I ran out of the quick stop. There's like like powder you can put on their nails that if makes you guys it, have no idea what you're talking about. The, a dog's <laughs> claw has like it's almost like a cuticle that yeah. grows up. It's almost like if you if you cut your nail too short, it right. just yeah, and it, it just starts bleeds bleeding. A lot yeah. And it's like notorious if you ever clipping a dog's <laughs> nails at home. That's like the thing they tell you like don't clip the quick. Yeah, like just and but I was and I'd I had like these new clippers that are really sharp and they just like slice straight through. It was fine. Like it wasn't like I cut his toe off, but it was just enough to like get the quick, right? And so he kind of was like, ow. And it just bled so long. And so like we were late to dropping off Joe or dropping dropping off JT. And Scott's like, why did you do this now? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like so <laughs> there's blood everywhere. And I'm trying to get it to stop before we drop him off. So like he doesn't end up at the sitters with this like bloody hand. Uh, I was just like, why the heck? Like, just nervous energy not doing me any favors. So that night was just a mess. And then, of course, I'm sitting there being like, oh, I just ruined this. Because Scott was like, don't you want to like have, as I like dump JT in the car, I was like, just get going. He's like, don't you want to have JT and Joe say goodbye to each other? And I was like, it's fine. They're dogs. Like, they don't understand this. So then, of course, in my mind, I'm like, I just ruined their goodbye. So Thursday was just hard. And then Friday, the turn in, you know, we like, had a great night Thursday night with all the puppy raisers. Friday, we get to the turn in. We're like trying to keep it together. And I think like just they do a really cool breakfast for puppy raisers beforehand where you're just kind of like hanging out. They honor everybody and they talk about puppy raising and they take off their collars and they put on their little like graduation vest and then they put on their new tag, which is kind of like their ID tag. It's it's truly like a little military school. But what I noticed was like, Joe was like cadet where they're so focused on everything else that's going around that they're not like looking at you stressed. They're just kind of like, what the heck? There's something really big going on today. And like their routine is totally off. So when we got to to drop off, so after the graduation ceremony, we went straight over to Canaan Companions to just turn them in. And we were just standing around and people weren't going inside. And I was like, I just need to get this over with. Like, we need to go inside because there was like kind of like this line outside where people were just like him and Han. And I knew the trainers were in the room, like kind of waiting for the dogs. And so we go in and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this like manic energy, the same that I had with Cadet. But it's just like, you know that they're like just about to be gone. And I just want to rip the bandaid. Like, I do not want to prolong this 
anymore. I wrote down all these things because they're like, we want we want to know everything about your dog. Like we're we're so invested in knowing about their personality. So tell us everything about them. And I I made a list when we were sitting at like the brunch. I made this list because I was like, for sure I'm gonna forget every single thing I want to say when I get to the trainer. And it's kind of like last time where Scott and I, I just had like diarrhea of the mouth because you get so nervous and you don't want to cry that you just start like talking faster and faster. His trainer was really cute. Her name's Morgan. I told her about Fetch. I told her about his nails. And she's like, oh, I'm so good with nails. And I'm like, great, because he hates having his nails trimmed, which I'm sure this is why they like, we do puppy reports every month. So I'm sure this is why like they placed her with her. Told her all of that. Told her about his barking because he's a little bit of a barky dog. She's like, okay, great. Great. Um, you know, take your time. I was like, nope, we're ready. Like, let's just get this show on the road. And then he and then there was like a cat, like they have they have like campus cats to kind of like train the dogs to not go after him. And he saw this cat and he was just like staring at it. And I was like, please don't bark at this cat. Cause like that's what he normally does. And so you always like want to be like, please don't like have bad behavior right before we turn you in. Don't embarrass me in front of your college exactly. professor. Exactly. I was like, please don't embarrass me. Which he did not, but he didn't look back. Everyone was like Did he look back? I'm like, no, he didn't look back, which was so great. And I think, again, this is how Cadet was, where they're so taken by their environment and they know something's up. There's like something special about the campus. It's almost like, I know they don't know, but it feels like they know. It feels like they know that they're like kind of going back to their place. So yeah, so we just like sent him off. And the second I got outside, I started crying. And Scott was like, we did it again. And I was like, yeah, we did it again. But it's so it's so hard. And it's hard because, you know, obviously, you fall in love with these dogs. But um, there's this puppy raiser that said on a message board I was reading, he was like, it breaks your heart. But it also makes your heart grow five sizes. And I was like, wow, that's such a great way of explaining it is like, It's so hard, but you also, like, the reason why people keep doing it and the reason why we love doing it is because it's, like, truly makes your heart grow so big. So we got in the car and we drove off and it was one of those moments where you're like, ugh, why do we keep doing this? But we know why we keep doing it because it's amazing. The second we got, we left campus, we went and saw Cadet. So we had been in touch with uh, her person, her handler, Amber, because she was like, oh my gosh, I saw it. Because we're all in these Facebook groups, these private Facebook groups. She reached out and was, you know, I'd love to see you guys. I'd love to see you after graduation if you have time. And I was like, oh my gosh, we'd love to see you. And I think I've said this before, like as a puppy raiser, you never want to be like, I don't know, invasive or pushy about like seeing the dog you raise. It's just a very like delicate type of relationship you want to be like appropriate with but she reached out and she was like super excited she's like I'm only an hour away I'd love to come see you I'll bring my girls and I'll bring cadet and she has two cute little girls and so it was so cool like the second we got to to see them at the restaurant cadet like lost her shit she went nuts seeing us and Amber was so funny because she was like she never does this she never does this she never gets this excited to like see people she's like she loves my parents but she never gets this excited and I was like really that surprises me for some reason it just like surprises me that she like that they actually do remember you because she was just like 
all over us and like jumping and licking our faces. And then so we started walking to dinner and Cadet kept like booping my hand. It was so cute. She kept like going like boop, boop. She always walks on Amber's left side for whatever reason. That's just like her preferred side. And I was on Amber's right side. So I kind of like had moved over to Amber's right side and, and Cadet kept going to the right. And Amber's like, oh my gosh, she never goes to my right side. She's like, she totally loves you, Joy. <laughs> So that was really sweet. We spent like two and a half hours with them. We like went and got ice cream. We went back to the hotel room. The girls played hide and seek in our room. It was really cute. Her girls are like four and seven. They were like, can we see where you sleep? So I was like, let's go hang out at the hotel lobby. It's like tons of room. Like the kids could run around so we could just like sit and talk with Cadet. The girls were like playing gymnastics in this like huge open space. It was great. But then she was like, can we see where you sleep? And I was like, it's really not exciting, but you're welcome to come see where we sleep. So we went up to our hotel room and they played hide and seek in our room for like an hour. And it was so, it was so fun. And Cadet, of course, was just like, she was like all up in our business and like loving on us. And it was just so therapeutic. And I also think like having that one after the other was just so helpful. Like after such a hard day, like having something to do like that, to see like how well she's doing was just amazing. I think it's great too to have that moment because I also remember when you turned in cadet, you didn't really know, you know, is she going to ever remember us? Like, I think that was one of your big anxieties was it's going to be one extreme or the other. Like she's never going to forgive us for dropping her off and she is going to like be so upset and like misses us or she's going to walk away and never like remember me ever again. So it's great to see like, no, it's actually she is loving her life and living her best life and also and she sees you she's so excited to be reunited with you and also like to have that example and I know you said that it's every puppy raiser like you don't always have a relationship with a dog after they're placed but to also know that like it's not the last time you're gonna see that dog probably again you know you can have those couple little like moments in the future where you get to check in and see how they're doing and I mean obviously you'll see Joe again when he graduates from college but yeah yeah it was I mean that kind of warmed our heart was like it was bittersweet to see her too but also you're like oh my gosh she's she loves working she loves amber we were sitting there having like our little just meeting in the lobby and hanging out and catching up and an ambulance drove by and one of cadet's jobs is to alert amber when there's an ambulance um because amber can't hear well she can with hearing aids but she can't hear well and so that's just one of the things that when amber's driving she with all the other noises going on she doesn't always hear ambulances and one time before she had cadet she was almost going through an intersection not hearing an ambulance and almost got sideswiped by an ambulance because and that's kind of when she knew she needed to get more assistance because she was like oh this could have really she could have been killed so one of the things that was taught to Cadet was to lure Amber to ambulances, specifically when she's driving. But it was really cool because an ambulance ambulance went by when we were talking. Cadet looked at Amber. Amber looked at Cadet and Amber was like, you don't need to alert me to that. It was so cool. Like, Amber, like Cadet heard it and was like kind of looking at her like, are you okay? Are we good? Do you need me to alert you? And just kind of reading her body language. And I was like, that's so cool to kind of like see her in action because that's just how she relies on hearing. And she has a progressive hearing loss. So eventually she'll be completely deaf. 
So that was just, again, like we don't constantly need those reminders. It just helps to kind of see that because it is such a hard feeling when you're doing work that you put your heart and soul into for such an amazing organization. And it is hard. Five million things can be true at the same time. You can love these dogs and have such a heartbreak letting them go and also love so much of the work that they do and know that that's their purpose that like we as humans put so much and project so much of our emotions onto these dogs that we kind of need to separate. It was pretty special. And then we went and got drinks and dinner with some of the other puppy raisers um, afterwards. And, oh, and then I went to bed and like passed out. And yesterday was a hard travel day. When I got on the car rental shuttle, I just started bawling. So it's just been all over the place. Like Feelings are the worst and feelings the when worst. you travel are really the worst. <laughs> I'll never forget you traveling with your snow globe and like crying. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, if anybody doesn't know that story, when I was 18, I went to New Zealand to visit my boyfriend who was studying abroad at the time. And he broke up with me at the end of this like week long trip. And so I got onto this, like, so I had to fly back having just been broken up with this guy that I was like completely in love with and had flown across the world to see. And so I like cried my eyes out the entire flight home, which is a 15 hour flight, cried my eyes out, got to LA while I was in New Zealand, literally while I was there was when they started the rule about not bringing on more than three ounces of liquid. I at the time collected snow globes and I was going through, I I, like had gone through customs and I was going back through security to get back into the domestic terminal. And the TSA person was like, you can't have the snow globe. It's more than three ounces of liquid. And I just like started ugly crying. Like, (gasps) it's just amazing what what literally just sent you off set you off like what set me off was getting onto the shuttle because I was like oh we're leaving like we're leaving and yeah it was just it was so hard it was so hard and that's the thing is I'm like I am just like the house is too quiet right now Uh, you literally it's a weird grief like yesterday when I got home I needed to like get outside and get some air and like take a little bit of a walk it was still a little too hot so I didn't take JT so I didn't have a dog with me it feels like you have like a missing limb you're just kind of like this feels really weird I can't like walking alone without a leash him not being there in his kennel when I wake up in the morning things when I'm getting ready in the morning he's like always you know that's like missing presence of like there's so many times in the past two days since we got, or just since yesterday, since we got home, we're like, open the door and no one's there because he's usually like right at the door, or like banging his tail against the wall. Like, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, like puppies are a huge presence in your house. <laughs> huge presence. So I know that we've been through it before and it still is like really, really hard to adjust. So I'm just kind of like, okay. Whew. And then JT is a little bit like, what's going on? Why am I by myself? Like, where's my friend? He's the, he, JT is super adaptable. He, which is, I think another reason why it's so easy to puppy raise for us because he's not a dog that gets like sad or mourns or anything like that. Like when we lost our cats, he was just, he just moves on. He's really easygoing. He's adaptable that way. So he, I think he, he obviously knows some things up, but we, I just, I tell him what's going on. I tell him Joe's at college. I tell him that Joe is where he was and <laughs> He's studying at his old school. <laughs> and his alma mater. His alma mater. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> Gosh, it's so cute. We have a couple questions about the whole process, about JT, about we had a lot of people from the podcast community who were watching the YouTube live stream. So thank you so much to everyone who joined. Yeah. It was like almost awkwardly, the people in the chat were like, only <laughs> for joy. And like everyone saw someone else would be like, also here for Melissa. <laughs> 
<laughs> like my fr- 30 people were like, here's the board doing a job. And everyone was like, okay, uh, we're here to support everyone. <laughs> my friend from Arizona was watching and she's like, I don't think she knew that we had like announced it on the podcast. And she's like, there's a lot of people here for you. And I was like, oh, we put it on the podcast. That's why. And she was like, oh, that's so funny. She's like, you have a lot of support in the chat. Yeah, it was really funny. It was funny because when you put the chat, similarly, they did the same kind of live stream when cadet not when you did turn in but when cadet graduated right and it also yeah. was like awkwardly like everyone was like go team cadet and everyone was like um also here yeah. for sarah <laughs> also here yeah and like the cadet like came to like cci moderators like we're so proud of everyone <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a winner everyone gets a trophy and even your mom was in the chat oh my god you. when you texted me that i was like Stop it. My mom. Claire was like, your mom's here. <laughs> She's so cute. She's chatting. It was so, so, so cute. She, I think I told you she finally learned how to do a GIF. And uh-huh. so she, but she only sends one GIF because it's it's like saved. So that's the only GIF she knows how to send. Oh, funny. So it's like this cute little GIF of like two crabs clapping their claws. Oh and gosh. I cannot, <laughs> I'm like, please just keep. Please sending that never change never is, change so like anytime she wants to send a gift it's these two little crabs clapping and it's the cutest thing i've ever seen i'm oh, like mom so please funny. don't change it's so great okay so kaylin says well could i have to retire after a certain amount of service years or joe for that matter what's the retirement like and everybody knows jt is a retired service animal, yeah, and you just like yeah. kept him as a pet so is that the norm yeah so it kind of depends like for me i have the ability to keep JT as a pet because I, you know, I don't have any other pets that I need to take care of. Puppy raising was fine, but we are like physically capable of taking care of another dog. Right. You, JT was not giving you like a right. Help or he service wasn't right. He wasn't way, helping yeah. me because of like any physical limitations or any other disabilities. Yeah, and so, so because of that, we were able to keep to retire him as a pet for you know, the remainder of his life, which... But so you're saying that, like, if somebody needs immediately to have another yes. service animal come in, they may not yes. keep a pet as well. Right. That and so sense. typically what happens is... I shouldn't say typical, but most of the time what happens if so if someone can't keep the dog that they had for service, it will go back to the puppy raiser. Like, that's kind of the first choice is the puppy raiser can take it back and take care of it for the remainder of its life. Or like a close friend. Sometimes they will give it to like a family member of the person who had the service dog. They kind of take like the path of least, not resistance, but the path of least change for the dog. So if the, if there was a caretaker that the dog knew and saw every day, then it might go to the caretaker because they're familiar with that person. And so it kind of just depends. But for the most part, you know, it really, if someone's getting what the, they call it a successor dog, meaning JT, if I was to get another facility dog, it would be like a successor facility dog where JT would retire and this new dog would come in. So it's that that type of flow. And as you watched graduation, if you watched it, some people would say, this is my third dog with canine companions, meaning, you know, they've had two dogs and they retired and this is their successor dog. And so if they aren't able to have it as a pet, then it would go to someone else. Every dog's retirement journey is a little bit different. Like the totally. handler, it's kind of up to the handler when they realize. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's up to the handler. And for example, like with cadet, someone said, will they have to retire after a certain amount of years? Yes. And it also kind of depends on the dog because the dog will start to either decline or won't be as motivated to do the the tasks that they were trained to do. So the age really depends. There's a 
gal in my graduating class who their, their dog is a skilled companion dog. Her daughter's in a wheelchair. And so that dog is still working and she loves to work. And so this dog is approaching 12 and that's, they're very close to like having to retire her. So they're kind of, it's a hard decision when you retire a dog like that. But anyway, like for cadet, she'll likely stay with Amber because Amber, my hunch will be like Amber can be, will will be able to physically manage two dogs. It depends. It depends on maybe if her hearing is at a place where she's like, I'm not comfortable handling two dogs, then maybe she won't. So, so, so dependent and canine companions really helps the graduates with that decision. And like, they also always, always put the dog first. So whatever's going to be best for the dog, that is the decision that they like how they make that decision. We had a couple other questions just about the turn in process and how it works in general. And one question I also had was that during the turn in, they would say, you know, this is they had like a little slideshow. And then they also had a few people who actually walked across the stage to turn in their puppies. There were a few where the puppy raisers seemed to be two different families, because it would be like, yeah, the two puppy raisers were Hillary and Karen. This is Hillary's fifth dog and Karen's first dog. Yeah, whatever. Right. How does that work? Yeah, that's what they call co raising. So there's something and this is new. Co raising is not new, but I'll get to the a newer part in a second. But you can co-raise a puppy, meaning if you don't want to do the full 16 to 18 months, you can break it up with another family. So we have plenty of co-raisers in our community where this lady takes the dog for two months or two weeks. You, you kind of work it out with the other person. Like, hey, do you want to take it for a month or do you want to take it two weeks on, two weeks off? So very much like a maybe a co-parenting situation. That is what co-raising is. So uh, that's why you would see like this family has raised five dogs and then this woman has or this person has raised two dogs. So that is co-raising. We have plenty of co-raisers. Again, it's just easier for people who maybe have a busier lifestyle and want a break from the dog. It works really well. They are starting a newer program where people can actually have multiple co-raisers. I think what they're also trying to do is like right now they have a huge need for puppy raisers. That hasn't always been the case, but I think their breeding program is really picking up more. So they're breeding more dogs, hence they need more puppy raisers. They're trying to be a little bit more flexible on how people puppy raise. So it doesn't always have to be, you take it for the full 16 to 18 months. It doesn't have to be a strict co-raising situation. So people can break it up however they want. So they could do like a month, maybe two months, maybe three months. And then I think they're just trying to make it more feasible because 16 to 18 months is such a long ask for people. That's a lot of time. It's a 24-7 job. And so I think that's that's a really cool thing that they're doing. So I think that's great. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's I think it's great for us to talk about too, because I know we've had people, a lot of people who reach out and they're like, I actually would love to do something like this, but the time commitment just feels like so much. So and much, like, yeah. It, and you know, the number one question we get is like, can you do this if you work out of the home full time? Right. Can you do this if you have other pets? I would really, really encourage anyone who thinks that they want would want to do something like this to just like find out more about it because it can be as you like, obviously, it's a huge commitment, but people make it work all the time. And mm-hmm. watching the ceremony of like some people have raised 18 puppies. Yeah, our friends, the McKiernans, they're on their I think they're on their 17th or 18th. And they're That's just like crazy. And they I, they turned in a dog, Olympic, who I love. Olympic oh gosh, with the big head. head. He's like head. the cutest, the biggest head ever. And he's the cutest, cutest, cutest. But they just turned in Olympic and they have a new dog already. Like they got Simba, a puppy, three weeks ago. So they overlapped because they were like, well, Olympic is such a like 
like chill dog that they could take on a new puppy right away. A lot of people will do that because turning in a dog is so hard that they just want to keep energy in the house. Yeah. And so, so they have Simba. So yeah. So they're just like, they're just constantly going, going, going. But it's, it's cool to hear that they're like coming up with more creative options to make it more accessible for people because I do think it sounds like a huge commitment. But if you could think, okay, well I could have the dog like every other month or, you know, that could make it. And it's, and it's workable with the people that you go into it with. Yeah. So they never, you know, like, hey, can you take this for a month? Because I really have a busy work week or a work schedule, work yeah, schedule this a, month yeah, or whatever. travel for work. I need right, yeah. exactly. So that's been really helpful for people. But the other question that came up too is like, is there other ways that you can volunteer for Canine Companions? Absolutely. I encourage you to go to the Canine Companions website. It's canine.org. There are ways to volunteer. You can contact them on the website and you can get plugged in. I think the easiest way is to get plugged into the local chapter. So again, for us, there's plenty of Canine Companions private Facebook groups where you are just kind of hanging out looking for ways to support, whether it be events that they're hosting or sitting for puppies. You can go through puppy raising class and then be become like an official puppy raiser sitter. So that's a great way to do it too, because puppy sitting is awesome. I obviously have a few like lined up already that I'm going to watch because then it kind of gives you a taste for kind of like how to handle these dogs and training these dogs. So there's a a lot of great ways to support, uh, especially if you want to do like volunteering at some of the events they have and just be around a lot of dogs. Someone asked, does Canine Companions always use Labs and Goldens? Are service dogs bred different than show dogs? So Canine Companions does use Labs and Goldens only, only because it's the most, from what they've found, to be the most reliable working service dog, reliable behaviors, predictable behaviors. And also CCI, I think this is always interesting when we talk about it. They are breeding a certain type of service dog for the most part, more of like a companion animal who does tasks, but is not like doing, you know, is not as like a heavy of a working dog as you get. These are not like bomb sniffing dogs. Occasionally they might refer a dog out. So not saying that like labs and goldens are the only ones that, but like for for the type of service. For the type of service that they do. Exactly. So there's plenty of other organizations that do different types of work that they're going to breed those dogs for that type of work. And they so again, this is why I get really on my high horse soapbox around training dogs as service dogs, or even using an untrained dog as a service dog, because you just don't know that type of breed if it's going to fit the dog's personality, because they always do dog centered approach. Everything is for the wellness and well being of the dog. So these dogs are born and bred to work and they love working. And so it's something that they've kind of like got down to a science. So they kind of pick the dogs based off of their characteristics, their temperament of what they think is going to be the best or the, and their energy levels. So it's really kind of cool. They have like, a. I would love to know more about like the breeding program. But what I do know is they do such a good job of like picking their breeder dogs for putting together the perfect combination of temperament and personality you know for this yeah can we also talk about how awkward the breeder dog photos are they always show like these like basically like yearbook photos of the dog so cute and they have these little these little bandanas bandanas breeder and the angle that they take the photo from is like dog penis (laughs) totally dog penis a lot of the puppy raisers joke they're like they're getting the best job in the gig like they're getting all they have to do is have sex (laughs) i just laugh so hard because the photos are always just like yeah it's so, 
It's so funny to me. It really is so cute. And all the all the like male dogs. Yeah, all the male dogs look like they're puffing out their chest. Like totally do. I mean, I'm probably like anthropomorphizing that quite a lot. But like just crop it. Just like show the face. It's so true though. It's so true. I love the breeder photos. Anyway, so they are absolutely different from show dogs. I don't know a lot about the show dog breeding program. I'm sure it just has to be to a science of purebreds. And so that's a completely different category. But um, Canine Companions uses full lab or full goldens or so I think correct me if I'm wrong CCI people if you're in here or people who know this more than I do but I'm pretty sure they use like males or the like the full bred golden or lab and male and females are a mix of goldens and labs females are across males are like full golden or full lab or it could be like I think it could be actually a female could be like a full golden anyway it's just they do a mixture of the two I am very fascinated by the science behind it because they've they've got it down okay somebody in the chat just talked about seeing yeah. a clearly non-service animal in a public setting and you respond to this question a lot and I think that it's really important that people know this that you know people especially if you work like a public facing job, people believe that, oh, you can't approach those animals. You can't ask any questions. It's like against ADA to ask questions, but there are actually two questions you can ask. What are they? And you as like an individual shouldn't be asking this, but you could go get a manager or somebody and say, hey, I think that there is a pet over here who is not a service animal. Can you please go check it out? And they can ask two questions. So the two questions you can ask are... I know what they are. Do you want me to tell them? The first one is, is this your service dog? Just confirming whether or not it is. And right. then what task is this dog trained to perform? Right. What task? So you can, you can ask those two questions. Mm-hmm. What task is it trained to perform for you? So I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people confuse that with like, and this happens all the time. Like I go to Costco when I'm training Joe, he's got the vest on, he's got a leash on. Here's the the world that's like people just don't it's it's not a like top priority in the world. So I don't think there's ever going to be like a perfect way that, to handle this, but employees don't want to piss people off and they don't want which understandable and they don't want to confront people. So when people walk in with a dog with a vest on, all they have to ask is is this your service dog? And they say yes and they just let them through. And also notably if it is your service dog, you are going to be prepped to how to answer those questions. Exactly. If it's a real service animal and yes. somebody comes up to you and says, is this your service dog? What task are they trained to perform for you? You have those answers down pat. You know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. And Amber, who's Cadet's mom, is like, I am so glad when people ask me because it shows me that they're like taking this serious. So I never take it. So the people who don't take a, who The people who you're going to ask and don't take offense is like the people that actually have a service dog. The people who are going to be offended by it are the people I'm guessing are the people who have fake service animals because they're like, you know. Right. You're not asking like, what's your disability? Oh, what's going on? No. You're saying like, and is this dog your service dog? Right. And the answer is like, oh yes, they are my hearing dog or, oh yeah, they're trained to be my guide dog or they're trained to be my medical alert dog. Like they, again, if you actually have a service dog, you know, a way to answer that question that does not like sensitive information about you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so nine times out of 10, the person is going to be so grateful that you asked because it's really uh, harmful for fake service dogs to be in an environment where they shouldn't be and they attack and they bite. And we've had plenty of stories on in canine companions about dogs that have attacked service dogs. 
Because they're not, you know, again, it's like totally up to the handler to be a responsible person to not put your dog in a situation where they're going to react that way. So anyway. And again, like you as an individual, maybe don't be going up to people. But if you have concerns, right? go get a manager. Go, go get, get a manager. Yeah. yeah. Go get like, an employee. Right. I hope more stores. Home Depot, you can allow, like anywhere that pets are allowed, fine. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about places and spaces where pets aren't allowed and people are bringing their dogs in. Employees aren't confronting because they're afraid that. of that. Yeah. yeah, they're they're afraid of that. So I think it, it's up to the establishments to be a little more strict around the rules. And I know even like Target has a sign on their door, but people don't. People are in there with dogs all the time in their cars. Like last week, I was so pissed because I was at Target and I saw this, and I didn't have Joe with me at the time, but because I was just like going really quick, and this woman had a, a Frenchie in her cart. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And I think I was just like so emotionally raw from like knowing that, you know, what we had just been through for 17 months of training this dog and we're about to turn him in and how much work goes into it. And I'm like, and you freaking people that just bring your dog in a cart and like have no, I don't, I don't know if it's just like lack of of education and awareness around it, but it's like, you don't know how harmful that is to a community of people who need service animals. It's so harmful. I think that there is I like I I don't think people for the most part are doing it understanding how harmful it can be. They think like there's no harm here. My dog is nice. Like Right, my dog is nice. Yeah, right. you know, oh, and my dog gets really stressed out when I leave them, so it's better for them if I just bring them in and they're not seeing the bigger picture because they don't have a service a real service animal of like what that does to first of all put actual service animals at risk and second of all kind of like delegitimize the importance is that a word? The importance of service animals. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think anybody's bringing their pet into Target thinking like, I'm going to beat the system. I think they're just kind of thinking, oh, there's no harm here. Mm-hmm. But there there really can be. And yeah, there really can be. don't know how your pet is going to react. I don't care how well thing. behaved your pet is. I don't care I, like, how well behaved. Yeah. River, her brain is full of rocks. And still, <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while, we'll be, a, you know, we'll be on a dog walk. For no reason, she will pass 100 dogs and not even notice them. And then the 101st dog, she will growl at. Or whatever, Mm -hmm, you know, or she'll kind of like do that little like lungy thing. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why. Maybe, you know, she's ticked off for a second for some reason. But she's because she's not trained to that level where I can confidently say anything we come up against is not going to phase her. Exactly. Like, that's the thing is like, we have trained these dogs for so long that we know with a pretty good reliability, they are not going to react in certain situations. And people just don't know that about their dogs. So... Anyway, all that to say is to call it out if you can. Uh, Educate. I try to do education with people as much as possible. That's another reason why I love volunteering is because I get to educate all the time. People think it's my dog that I'm training and I'm like, no. And so I kind of get to talk about the process. And so we're always kind of, we're like a walking campaign for Canaan Companions. Okay, last quick questions. And then I want to get to Danielle's thing. How many puppies have you raised? Joe is our second. Did he turn and look at you? No, he did not. Thank the good Lord. How's Cadet? I think we covered that. She's amazing. She's a rock star. Does CCI cover puppy raising costs? No, they don't. So that's a great question as well. Is when you sign up to be a puppy raiser, you are donating your time and money and you everything's tax deductible. So you can claim it in your taxes as far as donati- donations. But we pay for food and their vet bills. And honestly, it's not a ton. I mean, there is a cost. If you have financial hardship for certain things that come up, Canine Companions can reimburse you for some of those things. For example, Joe had a tooth that was 
weird. So we had to get like some dental work done, which is was a pretty significant vet bill for a puppy. So I asked Canine Companions if they would consider like, I was like, I'm fine paying it. But if you want to like, I don't know if you do reimburse for these types of things. And they were like, yes, we do. Because it was it's like a genetic thing. Like this wasn't where most of the time they're not going to pay for something that was kind of on your watch, so to speak. So like if you let the puppy get into some thing that wasn't supposed to get into and it ended up having like a big diarrhea GI issue, like that's on you to pay for the vet bill. But so there's certain circumstances, but for the most part, like the vet bills, just like their shots, like their annual shots, their checkup, their wellness checkup, which is like we do two annual wellness checkups and then like their shots. So it's not a huge lift it's no financially. More than having a pet dog. Exactly. For for 16, 17 months. So you're not like taking on this huge burden uh, financially. Pet food, they give you like discounts and coupons because you use a certain type of food for canine companions. So you can't feed them just anything. So they give you like these coupons to use. So like there's certain things they'll give you free stuff, but they don't pay for like toys or anything like that, which again, like we are in a space where we can cover that um, and we're fine with that. Easier or harder than cadet? When does the new puppy arrive? Um, I think I covered the easier or harder as far as like, oh, Joe was definitely an easier puppy to raise. Cadet was so hard. She was a very hard puppy to raise. Uh, I didn't realize that until we got Joe, how much easier it was. New puppy arrived. Like, so everyone's like, when are you going to get a new puppy? So it was funny because on the bus ride that I was crying, we were talking about taking a break from puppy raising and, you know, just like chill for a little bit and also see what happens with Joe. The first few weeks is really hard because he could come home at any time. Like, you don't want them to come home, but I also don't want him to come home like right away. I don't want him to bomb so bad that he's like, that we get a call within the first few weeks. Like, they always kind of, they, the puppy raiser community is always like, yeah, the first few weeks is like, you're kind of like biting your nails because that's usually when they really rule out the definite no's. So that's, we're kind of just waiting on that. But as far as puppy raising again, we will, we just don't know when, but I was talking to Scott about it on the bus and he's like, I give you two weeks. Are you getting like a prison puppy? I am. Yeah. We're getting a prison dog. She's pretty, she's, she's full grown. She's close to turn in. She'll turn in in November. So that's not a puppy puppy. But it's still like in the puppy raising. It's still going to be puppy raising. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as like a new baby, Scott thinks I'm not going to last more than two weeks before we like sign up for the next one. (laughs) Because originally you had said... Joe is going to be your last puppy until JT passed on because he's getting older and you just like don't want to put him through that again. But JT seems to tolerate it super well. He's super, he tolerates it fine. He actually likes the activity in the house. I think it, I think it's actually really good for him. I think it keeps him young because he likes to play and he's like, he's, you keep me so young. It's true. And he's like, he's so old and slow. Like just that's his disposition that puppies are actually perfect for him because he can kind of like play tug in a way that's like he doesn't have to pull too hard you know what I mean like he's just not like faced with this huge anyway I don't know I I'm gonna give myself some time but it probably won't be (laughs) (laughs) it'll probably be pretty soon yeah Yeah, well we're uh, I don't know especially knowing that there's like a puppy razor shortage if there was like yes exactly long wait list I would sign up right now. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. If you're if there was a huge wait list, your mindset would be, you know, like let someone else do it for a little while. We don't need to go right back into it. Exactly. Everybody. But since there's like puppies waiting in the wings, you can't. You're gonna take one immediately. Oh God, I know. It's so and it's so it's so like addictive because you just the cycle is so fun. Like getting a new puppy and like getting to know this new little guy or girl and like 
The whole process is super fun. So my we favorite thing is finding out their names. I love I all the know. names so much. My favorite ones from this turn in. I loved Howdy. I love that name for a dog so much. Howdy is great. Howdy is the best. Um, also, you showed a picture of a teeny puppy named Flan, which I love. Flan. I love it. Just so a much. little blob. It's just like a cute a little blob. Like little tiny vest. Okay. Um. What percentage? I know we're running out of time. This entire yeah. episode has been about dogs. But we're sorry, not sorry. I don't know. Somebody just showed a gif of a trunk absolutely full of puppies, and that is correct. That it would be Joy's life. What percentage of the puppies have a change of job? Oh, you know, I cannot remember the percentage. I just know it's a very small percentage that actually makes it to advanced training, like makes it all the way through. So I don't even want to say it's 50-50. I think it's less than that. So it's like the odds are pretty stacked against these dogs because it really takes a lot to make it all the way through. So mm, I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to ask someone in the puppy raiser community. I remember when I was in team training, they told us and I remember it was like some really ridiculously small number. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So um, but they're really trying. I think they're really trying to up their numbers and make these dogs more successful. So that number could have changed. But I do know it's just like super, super competitive for dogs to actually make it all the way through. And then one last question. How did you get into this canine love affair? Because did you you didn't have dogs growing up, did you? <laughs> no, I mean, we had animals growing up. We had like cats and we had a, do- a family dog. Again, like I was, I was never in a place where I was just like super obsessed with animals, loved animals. We always had animals around. And I have a pretty traumatic, I'd never want to talk about it because I've never talked about it before. It's like really hard. But like, I tried to adopt a couple dogs when I was in my 20s. And it just like, I wasn't in a place to to make that commitment and ended up like giving them away to someone else. And to this day, it like breaks my heart that like, that is just like, that's what happened that's just like what happened. That's like where I was. But I tried because I was like, oh, it looks so fun to have a dog. And I was single and I was working full time. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? Like just putting a dog in a crate all day while I was working. All- so they went on to like great homes. But that to me was like, as I aged and got older, I think JT was such a great like segue into having a pet because I think I was just not either whatever, whatever it was, either maturity wise or just like fearful of caring for a dog myself. JT was a great way for us to kind of like learn more about the organization. And then of course, like when we began puppy raising, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, we can do this. We know this. It's like more of a comfort around it. And so now it's just become like a full fledged obsession of mostly this organization and the people I've said it a million times, the people of this organization organization are the best people in the world. So I love being around them. Anytime people are like, Hey, you want to have a play date? Sure. I have like a hundred best friends now because of this organization. So it's like, that to me is why I'm so passionate about the org. And for people who may not know, you started with JT as a facility dog Phil- who yeah. worked with you in your job when you worked at the DA or when you worked yeah. with like direct, more direct patient yeah. care. And he sort of would like help you make things more comfortable for your clients. Yep. Yeah. So he comforted you- patients. And I was yeah. working with a lot of kids at the time. So a lot of kids were just 
just loved coming to therapy because there was a dog there. So they were like, I want to see the lady with the dog. You know, I'd have people call in to schedule therapy and they would just say, I want to see the lady with the dog. I was like, how do they even know? But like word spread pretty quickly. So yeah, so JT was an amazing kind of like segue, gateway, whatever you want to call it into dog ownership. And I think it's weird because people that knew me in my 20s are like, this is crazy. Like you've just become this person that's just like such a dog lover, dog owner. I'm like the epitome of that saying where people are like, I wouldn't like say hi to your dog. I say hi to the dog before I say hi to the human type of person. And I have no apologies about that. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for a full hour of talking about dogs. I want to talk about Danielle's thing really quick. Too. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Still related to dogs, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is related <laughs> to dogs. So I think Danielle's still here. And if Danielle's still here, she can chime in. Oh, really quick, too. Lindsay asked, I see people trying to get their dogs certified as therapy dogs. That's got to be lower level, if you will, than like a CCI service dog. Not necessarily. And I'm happy to answer that question. Maybe we'll do that in the future. I'm happy to talk about the different certifications. It's not necessarily a lower level. Um, it just is different requirements, which has so much to do with temperament, has so much to do with just like training your dog and making sure that the dog has a temperament for therapy. But happy to discuss that at another time because um, it's like we're out of time today. I don't want to like poo-poo any other certifications. It's just a totally different scenario. Okay, so Danielle is one of our amazing listeners. And Danielle, you've been with us for a long time. Um, I will never forget when you did, yeah, you are an OG. You sent in a voicemail a while ago when we did like celeb run-ins where you like met Manny Patinkin at... <laughs> on one of your vacations or you like saw him and just cracks me up. Danielle has a business and she does LinkedIn bio makeovers on top of a, a lot of things that she does for her business, but her business is more than words copy, um, more than words. She is offering to donate one of her ses- sessions for a LinkedIn bio makeover. And then all the proceeds, if people can bid on this, will bid on this, all the proceeds are going to go to Canine Companions. So it's a LinkedIn profile makeover. She will do a one hour session. She's a personality branding expert. She'll work with you to update your bio so you stand out for all the right reasons, attract the right audience. She's very, very good at what she does. Her website, again, is morethanwordscopy.com. So you can check her out. We're going to give this away to our listener community because we think this is such a great community that would be such like the perfect audience for it. We will put a post up or like in our stories, but I know not a lot of, not everyone is on social media. So what you can do is do a donation to Kena Companions and send us the receipts and we will do like a, maybe like a draw people who've donated to win this session with Danielle. So yeah, to clarify, she's donating the session to us so that we can auction it off. Yes. So we're not like giving it away. It's not like a free raffle. Right, right, right. We're asking for a donation. Um, We'll explain it more when we post about it. But yeah, so if you are really interested in this and for whatever reason you're not on social media, please send us an email. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. And then we can help you, you know, get the instructions. And we have, since we've been talking so much lately about job hunting and a lot of people who are on the job hunt, we thought that this would be a great fit for maybe somebody out there who is really wanting to make their LinkedIn profile stand out and also really wants to have a tangible way to help support CCI. So thank you, Danielle, yeah, so much thank you for so much. donating that. And thank you in advance to everyone who's going to bid on it. All right. Now thank we're you. done. Now we're done. A full <laughs> hour. 
We did start with like three minutes of Beyonce, but the rest of it was dogs. Also, also, uh, we are still working on Ireland. Just an update. We're still getting messages. Keep sending if you're interested. We are still working on it. We've got some good leads. We have good leads, but no like fully defined plans yet. So if you're in Ireland, we've had a couple of people be like, oh, we're in Ireland. Are you going to go? I want to hang out with you. We don't know yet. (laughs) We're trying to figure it out. So please, though, send us an email if you haven't yet and you would seriously be interested in going for a week in Ireland with us. I think that's it really this time. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Oh my gosh, guys, we're only a month away from the new bake-off season, which means it's almost fall. I can't wait. Uh, really, really soon. This On Your Rexcase at Bake is going to come back, and I really, really, really can't wait. We hope you guys are having a fantastic Thursday or whatever day it is when you're listening to this. It's Sunday for us. We're going to go have a great rest of our day, and we hope you are too. Thank you so much. Yes, thank here. you guys so much. Thank Bye. you, thank you, thank you. Love you guys. Bye.